y'all. It's Katie with Not Your Mama's Mental Health. And today we have Tiffany with us to talk about how burnout, the COVID shutdown, and postpartum life affected her as an entrepreneur and how medication and therapy helped her cope. How are you doing today, Tiffany? Pretty good so far. Awesome. 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 That's what we like to hear. All right. So we'll go ahead and get started. So you were kind of an anomaly in the neurodivergent world where you got an ADHD diagnosis as a child. I know, especially as a female. Yes, I was um, diagnosed in fifth grade, um, but I was, I think, pretty typical ADHD. I got in a lot of trouble for um, talking constantly, not sitting still all throughout my elementary school. So I was pretty textbook, I think. Okay. So that, I mean, that makes sense. So it's more, you had more of like the quote unquote, like boys version of ADHD. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. I think my sister kind of, my sister was diagnosed as a kid too. So I think she, it was kind of in the same boat. Yeah. I think, especially when you're super destructive during classes, the teachers take a lot more notice versus I know like a lot of the inattentive um, side of ADHD can go super unnoticed. Yeah, I mentioned a comment to it to my therapist the other day, and I was like, maybe I have ADHD too. And she just kind of gave me this look that was like, um, have you met yourself? <laughs> it's like, thanks. <laughs> I think honestly, it's so funny because, you know, like you see so many people being diagnosed now and they'll talk about stuff. And I'm just like, did you not know? Like, that's that's me. That's not you. Um, my business partner, I'm pretty sure has it because we're literally two peas in the same pod. Like everything that I go through with ADHD, she goes through it. I'm just like, have you ever stopped and thought about it? Um, so I know we've talked a little bit about this, but how was your experience after getting diagnosed as a child with therapy and medication and that sort of stuff? So, and I know a lot of it can tend to be rose colored glasses because, you know, when you're a child, you don't always remember all the facts. Um, I know I was diagnosed in fifth grade. I know um, I went into sixth grade and I was, my big struggle at school um, was like doing homework. Um, I didn't really have a good structure at home. um, And so when I would get home, school would just completely go out of my mind. I would forget to do the schoolwork. I would forget to turn in the schoolwork. And once you get into middle school, that starts affecting your grades. And so that is when my parents decided to go ahead and, you know, get me like medicated for ADHD. And again, I can't necessarily tell you like how long the diagnosis from the medication was. It could have all been all in that same time period. I just remember like it being sixth grade that I started. Um, I do feel like I might've had therapy, but I remember mostly the psychiatrist appointments. Um, I was given Adderall. Um, I always bounced between like 10 milligrams to 30 milligrams. Um, and it depended on, you know, like what, like what my parents would tell them versus what I would tell them. And like, they would make those adjustments. Um, I just, I just very vividly remember all the negative side effects that I had. I, I remember feeling like a zombie. Like there was like one memory I have where as like a middle schooler, I just cleaned out the fridge because I (laughs) hyper-focused on cleaning the fridge. And I'm just like, like looking at it, I'm like, no, no child should have done that. I don't know. It's such like not a child thing. Um, But when you're on like medication like that, you zone in a lot more. Um, I was a very, very big book reader. And I would remember like reading books for eight hours at a time. And, um, which is not the worst thing in the world, but 
I remember like not being able to sleep. Um, and that was probably one of the worst is because I would stay up to like one o'clock in the morning. I would tell my psychiatrist about it. My psychiatrist would tell me that shouldn't be happening. That's like it, you should, it should wear off by seven. And I'm just like, okay, but it's not, it's not. Um, and I, I've always been a very slender person. Um, and probably the worst is the loss of appetite side effect. Um, I think honestly, the loss of appetite was the final straw for my mom to actually pull me off medication in eighth grade, because I was in eighth grade weighing 70 pounds. Um, yeah, I, I ended up, and I feel like a lot of the reasons why I was put on medication was because of my bad grades and, you know, being seen as like, not as great of a, like a school child, because I was getting bad grades, even though I was testing really high, I was always in academically gifted classes. Um, and so my grades are mediocre compared to actual results because I wouldn't do my schoolwork. And so I was put on medication to try. And, um, as an adult, like I have this feeling like it was just to fix me, um, I really wish it was focused on helping me learn how to deal with ADHD instead of just fixing my ADHD. Um, and so by the time eighth grade came around and again, I weighed 70 pounds, I was very, very small. Um, that's when my mom and my dad finally decided to take me off the medication. They were like, look, her bad, her bad grades haven't improved. Um, she's obviously having these like side effects and stuff like that. I remember getting off of it at the end of eighth grade and going into ninth grade, I had gained 50 pounds over the summer in two months. Oh, wow. Um, yes. From like this whole ricochet of having literally no appetite at all to getting a little bit more healthier. Um, and it was just one of those, again, like looking back at it, back at it as an adult, it was just one of those things where I just really felt unheard. I felt invalidated the entire time. And I like, I'm a parent now, so I know it's, it's hard sometimes to stick up for your child, especially when you do have like a doctor telling you like one thing, oh, it shouldn't be doing this. It shouldn't be doing that. Um, but again, looking at it now, it actually gave me a really, really bad feeling of being on medication, like for the longest time. I would just, I would look at medication in such a negative way. And I just wished somebody helped me with the other parts, like learning how to manage a schedule, learning how to, um, you know, cope when I didn't want to focus when I needed to focus. And it's all stuff I've had to teach myself as an adult that I wish I just would have been taught as a child. So how do you think that experience as a child, like not learning those coping mechanisms, not not focusing on helping you more fixing you mm -hmm. shaped your experiences as an adult when you decided to reach out to get help. It definitely prolonged it. I, I probably should have been on medication, um, a lot sooner than I was. I, um, by the time I reached out, I was having daily panic attacks that were literally, I was like crying, melting on the floor in a puddle. It would ruin the rest of my day. Um, and I just, I remember wanting to two months before actually doing it and just being like, I can't like medication is like bad. It's evil. It's, you know, it, it's such like a traumatizing experience, um, for when I was a child to where it absolutely held me back from reaching out for help. Um, by the time, as I said, like I really did, I, 
I reached out to medication first. I didn't, I didn't technically reach out to therapy until probably about 10 months later because it was so bad. I was like, I need to get this under control as soon as possible. And while I know therapy can help me with it, I need, I need that fix because in order to even function in day-to-day life, I, I needed to be better as soon as I could. Okay. So that's good. I mean, it, everybody does it in, in a different way because I'm somebody who I, I was so afraid of going back to therapy because when I was a child, my mom had a therapist and my mom decided this therapist was a therapist for everybody in our family. And I hated that lady. Her name was Susan. I don't know if she listens to this. I don't care if she does, but uh, Susan, I, I hated you. Um, I'm sure you're an okay person, but we were not friends. Um, <laughs> But that, I mean, I, I probably had the worst month of my life in 2015. And that's when I decided, okay, no, it's time to get help. I scheduled with somebody and they're like, okay, well, you can have an appointment in three months. Um, And then I kind of trepidatiously took advice from my stepmom. And she was like, go see this therapist. We have a family friend who goes there. They really like her. Just try it. And I got in with her sooner and I was like, okay, no, this is a good fit. It was definitely like, I, as I said, and that's why I like, I don't remember going to therapy. So I don't remember having that, that bad experience with a therapist, but even finding my therapist when I did after starting medication, I, I felt like I was looking through resumes almost. I wanted to make sure my therapist had, you know, specialty in ADHD. I wanted a female therapist. I wanted somebody because, you know, I do feel like I suffered, um, after, especially after having my third child, like I wanted someone experienced in postpartum. Um, I wanted, I was like these check boxes I made in order to find that perfect person. And I did, I, I, I found someone I absolutely adore now. Um, I also can't remember the question that we started with. Um, it was, uh, you, I mean, you answered the, okay. the, the initial question. So, so don't worry about that. I, I kind of went on a tangent there. I was um, like, wait, what was, where was my point going? I forgot. It's okay. Yeah, no, you're fine. You're fine. You answered, you answered the initial question. Um, but so I was a small business, but you are kind of a giant now, I would like to say. Um, it feels small to me, but I, <laughs> It's so funny because people tell me all the time, like, you're such an inspiration. I'm like, I'm a literal hot mess in real life. So I guess you're welcome for that. <laughs> but with um, with COVID, having your third child right before COVID happened, how did, where, oh, wait, where'd the question go? Um, how did ADHD affect, like, the the burnout that you experienced, the, the shutdown. Cause I know that really affected you. Cause I remember, I, I remember you in the month of 20, April, 2020, um, you were surprisingly very active with like your Facebook group and everything. So I, 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 I would never have known unless you had said something that something was going on, but how do you think having ADHD affected that burnout and like your postpartum problems after having your third child? And it, and that's the thing is I, I can't pinpoint, I think one specific reason I just, you know, I, Oh, good Lord, the COVID shutdown. Um, I, my kid went on spring break. So I have three children. My 
I think it was my oldest. He was in kindergarten. Um, he went on spring break and never went back to school. Uh, <laughs> and at the time my husband was in the military and, you know, I feel like when you're a military spouse, no matter what children responsibilities are always on like the spouse's shoulders because the, you know, the military member can't, they have to be available to go to work. They can't just take off. Like some commands are better than others, but, um, I had a six week old baby. I had a kindergartner and I had a preschooler and all of a sudden I was juggling being a, um, you know, being not a new mom, but, you know, being a mom to a newborn and being a teacher to two kids who are very young. And my, my oldest has always been really good with computers, but getting him to sit down and pay attention. He's both of my kids are now diagnosed ADHD. So, um, getting him to sit down and focus and then getting my like four-year-old to sit down at a computer and do his schoolwork. And I had to manage their activities. I had to manage their homework. I've never been good with homework. Um, on top of this like impending doom that my business could go under. And, you know, while I'm a photographer and like some photographers don't have a lot of overhead, I did. I have a studio. I have um, you know, a lot of bills that I incur monthly that I have to pay for, you know, you, we were coming up on tax time and I have this idea of, oh my God, like how much am I going to owe in taxes? And I, I, I have this unfortunately really good personality trait that, um, I am not going to fail. Um, when I feel like I'm faced with this, like impending failure, things just kick into overdrive. And maybe it's that ADHD trait that like when there are deadlines and you're about to hit those deadlines, all of a sudden you become superhuman. And I, I just, I don't, that whole month was crazy because I had to simultaneously work while simultaneously, you know, dealing with children in school while simultaneously making sure, you know, the kids needs were met and they were good. And honestly, I like that started just my daily crying. Like, uh, I don't know. It just started all of that, but it started, it started my you know, my relationship with my business partner, she actually joined forces with me, um, the month of April because she was like, well, I don't want to be a business owner anymore. This sucks. And I was like, well, I don't know. Do you want to just be a business owner with me? And I can help take care of, you know, like the back end stuff and you can help like with photo, photo shooting. And she's just like me, as I said, like two peas in a pod. And while we both do have ADHD, um, I don't know, do you follow like Instagram personality quizzes? Um, so I, I have kind of because of yeah. you, Yes. um, but I can't remember what mine is. <laughs> That's okay. Um, so both me and her, I tell you, like we have the same name. I swear we're twins. Um, we're both type threes and type threes are really big about achieving goals and hitting goals. Um, and we do it because like, we want that kind of like that validation of that. We are doing a good job. We're making a difference in life. So I think it's hilarious that I fell into that category. Um, and so being, being able to have somebody not only to help, but somebody who was as driven as I was to make sure we did not fail. And, you know, it's so funny seeing it from an outside perspective. You're like, I just remember you being so active in your group. It it's at the end of the day, it's all marketing. You know, the more you put yourself out there, the more you, you know, get clients to trust you, you get bookings, you get that return, that return on investment really. And so at the time we actually hit 
we, we hit our highest grossing month of sales that month, the month of COVID shutdown. And the unfortunate aspect of that was I worked morning to night while also juggling my children and my newborn and all of that responsibility that was on me. And it, because we did so good with marketing and so good, and we are really, really good business owners, it trajected us into this, um, just like, like growing, you know, business, all of a sudden we were doing twice as much work because we were two, you know, twice as many people. Um, I doubled, I think that I think in 2020, I doubled my gross income from 2019. Um, we, I don't know, it was that like drive and motivation not to fail made us succeed, but we grew really quickly. So we didn't have, you know, boundaries. We didn't have, um, you know, everything worked out money wise to where, you know, were we really growing a profit versus just growing income? Because that is absolutely two different things. And, you know, we were working 24 seven. Um, we brought on associates because we thought that would be a good answer, you know, bringing on extra photographers, but then we had to manage their clients as well as our clients. And if, you know, an associate got sick or if an associate didn't edit the photos in a timely manner, we had to all of a sudden, you know, make sure that the clients were taken care of, but the photographers were doing their stuff. And it was all of a sudden, like three times as much stress and work. And, um, during the time of the COVID shutdown, like my husband, again, he was military. And so the military shut down really, really big. Um, and by the beginning of June, he was just depressed. He was like, I don't do anything. I go to work. I come home. Um, I know it was different in every different location. And I actually believe, uh, Virginia was a lot stricter than where we were in Florida, but like, he wasn't even able to go to the beach, like with no one around wow. to go to the beach and sit down and just have a day out with like the kids or whatnot. All he could do was go to work, go home and then do, um, like important necessary things like go to the bank, go grocery shopping. He couldn't go to a restaurant. Like, and my husband is, I love him to death. He's a big rule follower. Um, and so obviously people probably weren't following that to the T, but he was, and it wore on him. And so being able to, you know, be there as a support for my husband and my husband is my, like my biggest support, my best friend, like throughout all of this, like we have always been each other's like cheerleaders and teammates. And so, you know, being able to just be there for him also was just an extra responsibility and the ADHD. So this is where it all ties in. Um, my biggest ADHD symptoms, I struggle with remembering stuff. If it's not on my calendar, I'm not going to remember it. There would be times where we forgot to put a like product pickup and I forgot to go see a client or I was so overwhelmed with something that I would forget to look at my calendar and realize I was supposed to have a client meeting, or, um, I would forget to respond back to a client who is waiting specifically on me to answer them. Or I would forget to order a product because it was something that was on my plate, but I forgot to put it on my to-do list because there was always, it felt like 40 million things going on. Um, so my ADHD just, I felt like it went into hyperdrive. And I remember telling like my, especially the psychiatrist, when I first reached out, I was like, I just feel like I've had ADHD my whole life, but all of a sudden I can't control it. I, my coping mechanisms that I have developed in my early twenties 
no longer are working. Like I, I feel like I'm running 30,000 different marathons and I'm dropping balls on every single one of them. And in my professional life, in my personal life, I can't be doing that. It, it affected my business, you know, for the first time, like I got a bad review, um, because the client experience didn't, you know, wasn't as good as what it should have been. Um, and even into 2021, I got a, another angry client because, um, I forgot to, that she wanted her album sent to the studio and I sent it to her house, but she had moved. And I mean, that was a big thing. And when you put all of your validation on those external sources and those external sources start going down, it just makes you just so upset. And it was, it was the breaking point. You know, I had such a traumatic experience as a child with medication where I was so against it. I would literally cry to my husband being like, I don't want to go on medication. Like, I don't want to do this. I don't want, I don't want those feelings. I don't want to feel like a zombie. I don't want to feel like not myself. And it was to a point where I remember telling him like, I, my family doesn't deserve this version of me. This is not a good version of me. And it was as I said, like I couldn't pinpoint one specific thing, whether it was my ADHD, whether it was postpartum, because, you know, my child was born six weeks before the shutdown, whether it was the shutdown or, you know, whether we just grew too quickly as a business, but all of that together, just it imploded, you know, um, I think it was December. I finally reached out, but I was thinking about it as soon as October, because I was just like, this is not who I want to be. And it sucks. <laughs> it, it it definitely does. Uh, I can I can relate. Um, yeah. Not on the business side of things, but on the on like the family side of things, and yeah. being like, this isn't who. Because I remember we I I started therapy a month after our wedding. Yeah, because because you, you we we basically to make a joke of it had a military wedding and then oh, had a me real too. wedding. <laughs> I I haven't even gotten the real wedding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, you need insurance because you need surgery. So we're we're gonna get this taken care of, and then we'll have the real one later. Yes. Um, now, do you would you think because you you've had three kids? Yes. Um, was did you experience something like something similar to this with all three kids, or do you think it was a combination of having the kid being basically alone? with your family mm -hmm. and then the business just kind of booming in a way that you didn't expect. Um, do you think all of that caused the burnout or is it different? So what, I know, like, so I know like you, on the, sorry, sorry. I know like, on the question you had asked, like, you know, postpartum depression or anxiety. I, I, so my first child, I, um, was just starting my business and I don't feel like I had any issues. I had issues sleeping. I remember we call it the dark days because when I don't get sleep, I get really cranky and crabby. And I just remember that, but I don't remember, I don't remember again, any of these like tremendous issues. My second, um, my husband, when he was in Virginia, we had a really good command and he did not technically leave as often as most military spouses or military members do, um, until I had my second kid and we were going into busy season, which for photographers is typically fall and Christmas time. And so I remember being newly with two kids and him being gone for like, it felt like four months and he came home like every month. But, um, I remember just being like at my wits and then, and I was just like, Oh, this is hard. 
nothing was as hard as that third kid. And I, I, I genuinely don't think it was postpartum depression. I, I don't, I think it was just having that extra child responsibility on top of the COVID shutdown on top of, you know, business booming that caused it. Um, but I don't know. And you, you, unfortunately, again, I, as I said, like I can never say for certain, you know, maybe it was, but, um, thankfully I don't, I, even to this day, like, I don't feel like I suffer from depression. Like I, my therapist tells me all the time, she's like, you're in such good spirits. I was like, that's fine. That's I guess good. Um, but it's just like, I don't, I don't feel like it could have been that, you know, I just feel like it was, yeah, it was all of a sudden so much more responsibility thrust on me. And unfortunately, when you have ADHD and you take on that responsibility, if you don't, if you don't take it on to the way that you can manage, it implodes, um, which sucks. <laughs> That's been my motto. I always tell my therapist, I'm like, anxiety sucks. This sucks. <laughs> it, oh, it does. It's, it's, it's the anxiety from somebody who has bipolar disorder, mm-hmm. who has the depressive episodes, who has anxiety as well, mm-hmm. who is on medication for so many things. Um, it's like anxiety is the worst of it. I feel mm-hmm. like anxiety is just like, like I'll have an anxiety attack and I'll be like, okay, yep. Now you're going to experience everything else after yeah. that. But it's like, it's like the anxiety just causes everything. And I, I had never been like diagnosed, labeled anything anxiety until I actually sought out the psychiatrist appointment. And I, it's so funny to me because that first appointment, you know, they're doing all those intake questions, getting to know you and I'm going through everything. And again, this was, this was my like rock bottom timeframe. So, um, I was, you know, telling them everything that was going on. And at the end of it, the psychiatrist was like, so we're going to actually start. Cause I was like, I need ADHD meds. I was like, it's my ADHD. My ADHD is out of control. I was convinced. Right. And he was like, I actually think, um, we need to treat your raging anxiety. And I was like, my what, <laughs> my what? And he goes, he goes, everything you're explaining is anxiety. And I'm, I'm almost positive. Uh, and I know like all the research shows like, um, anxiety and ADHD can go hand in hand. And I know all of my anxiety symptoms were exasperated because my ADHD was going on, but he was like, you know, you need to treat the most like debilitating thing first, which is technically anxiety. So I was like, Oh crap. And I remember getting off that like zoom call. Cause I was still on zoom calls at the time. And my estimate being like, okay, so like, are you, you know, what are we doing for ADHD? I was like, no, apparently I have anxiety. Like who knew? <laughs> and he was just like, Oh, that explains a lot. And we just like moved on. And it, I, and that's something again, like even beforehand, I never felt like I suffered from until everything started happening. And now like, I don't know if it's ADHD induced anxiety, but it feels like it. So that's fun. <laughs> but now, now I feel like I have almost like these lasting effects of burnout. Like, I don't know. That's crazy. Do you, do you think the burnout feeling will ever go away for you in any aspect of like towards the business or burnout at home? Cause I know I, I experienced a lot of burnout at home, um, because dealing with being alone, not really having that village that you're told like your whole, this is my, my, my quarantine baby was my first baby and probably my only baby. Um, I say that now, but me and my husband are like, well, maybe if we make more money, um, we'll have another one. Um, but what aspect like of burnout, burnout, do you think affected the job 
most. So real quick, first question you talked about, like, do you ever think it'll go away? I recently saw this like post going around Facebook that talked about how burnout can take years to overcome. And I'm like, wow, that sucks. Um, I do feel, I do feel like I am in a better place. You know, one of the things that they tell you with burnout is, um, you need those boundaries, especially as an entrepreneur, like I could easily work 24 seven sun up to sundown seven days a week, you know, all like the whole year easily. There's always something that needs to be done. Like a website needs to be updated. Social media needs to happen. You know, um, there's always something that can be done. And, uh, really we, uh, 2021 was, you know, also really, really bad, even though I had medication because I still didn't have those boundaries in place to have that time off. And so going into this year, that was something that both me and my business partner were feeling. And we were like, we need boundaries. Um, I can successfully say that I've had at least one weekend day off since the start of the year, um, which is fantastic. And there are periods of time where I feel, I feel good. I feel like my team is working like it should now. I feel like, um, we're not having to juggle these like catastrophes or these like missing emails or missed, you know, text messages or products. Like everything is finally kind of flowing and it sucks because yeah, you still kind of feel every now and then just this overwhelmingly sense of stress or overwhelm or like, you know, there's 50 million things that needs to be done and you don't have enough time in the day, but I feel like it is like in some way better. You know, I did stop taking medication back in November um, because my, my goal was never to be reliant on it. I wanted, I never wanted to be on it. So I never wanted to stay on it. And I just needed to get to a point where I could manage myself. So I wasn't having those, you know, like breakdowns every day. Um, I started therapy in October, right before I actually, the self weaning was not planned. Um, I missed my psychiatrist appointment and I had to call them to reschedule it. And I don't like calling people. And so I was like, well, I guess now's a good time. I've been meaning to do this anyways. Um, but just, I can't remember the question. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. I, I think that that's a, a pretty good answer. So yeah. setting boundaries is, is what is what you're doing to try and help not experience the burnout that you experienced in 2020 and 2021, you know, setting boundaries and having, especially with work, like having a dedicated studio manager, she works 40 hours a week. She handles all of the inquiries. She handles like a bunch of other stuff and she's coming up specifically. Um, we've had like two or three over the last two years, but she's coming up specifically on a year and is amazing. Like she's been everything we've asked for everything and more. And you know, she's in a good place to where, you know, we don't have to spend as much time training her anymore. And being able to have that trust in someone to take those responsibilities off your plate, because like, at the end of the day, this business is my baby. Um, I know I mentioned loosely, like my husband was part of military, um, for the first time in my life. Um, he got out in April and my business has been fully last April, April, 2021. And my business has fully supported my family for the last year. Um, and before 2021, I didn't take home a paycheck. I, I did not like, I would take owner like withdrawals every now and then, but it was nothing like I, nothing compared to the fact that like last year and this year I've been making an actual paycheck that, you know, matched my husband's salary when he was in the military and like, I'm losing my train, my train's going somewhere. But, um, having all of these, like, 
having, having actual trained help, having boundaries to where I do, I, I try to prioritize personal time because I realize, especially through therapy, that I think that was one of my biggest triggers with being burnt out and overwhelmed is the fact that like, you know, I don't get to see my children. I don't get to see my husband, or I don't have the time to do the responsibilities that I need to. Um, I don't have time to simply be a person if I wanted to. Um, and, you know, they say things like, you know, if you don't take care of yourself, you're going to be forced to. And I just remember like, especially in, in 2021, when I was still kind of recuperating from all of that, where there'd be days I didn't want to go to work. Like I'd lost that passion that like even drove me to wanting to help women and wanting to, you know, do my business. I wouldn't, there'd be times I'd just sit there and just think like, I wish my client would not show up. Like I wish like, and that weighs on you because you're like, you then feel that guilt for even having those feelings, but having those boundaries in place and having that prioritizing that personal time, that family time and having, you know, a team to actually help sustain you and, you know, help you like, and not burden you. Um, it just alleviated so much stress and so much overwhelmed. And I remember in February, February was a really, really good month. I ended up catching COVID. I don't know if that helped, but I just remember <laughs> in February telling my psych or my therapist, I was like, things feel really good right now. Like we've had like weeks where nothing's gone wrong. Nothing's gotten forgotten. Everyone's working, but everyone's also taking that time off. And I was just like, it feels it feels really good. I don't know. It got crazy after that, but (laughs) I had, I had a lot of travel from the end of February to the end of April. So the travel just threw a lot of extra, extra stress, extra overwhelm. Um, it took away some of my free time. So, um, the last two months have been a little crazy, but we're getting back on it. May, May has been really good so far. (laughs) Yeah. But April, you got to go to Puerto Rico, man. I was but I have, fun. I have ADHD and anxiety. So the idea of planning and being in control of things that are out of my control is stressful. It's, it's stress inducing. And it, it's hard because, you know, people see it on the outside and they're like, oh, Puerto Rico sounds fun. And I'm just like, yeah, but it was it for me, it was stressful. It was anxiety ridden. And it's, I think a lot of people don't realize those things because they see, you know, they see the social media, they see the good, they see the the things you put out there. And it's, it's why I like to be a lot more vocal about my struggles because I don't know if you see only the good, you only assume the good. Um, That's very true. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I, I get it. No. And from like a, a cause you, th- you think of it like as somebody from me who hopefully one day will go on one of these yeah. trips. Um, of, you see all the good stuff that's going to happen, but you don't see all the stuff that you guys, you and your partner that you do it with do all the planning to get all the pictures done, all the places that you guys are planning on going the getting the place secured to do it. Like people, Mm -hmm. people don't see that. So no, I, I, I can understand why, how that's anxiety ridden. Um, and I guess one last question here, because, uh, zoom is saying it's going to cut me off. Do you think if, um, you had to go back on medicine for any reason. Like if something crazy happened, do you feel secure now in going back on medicine if you had to? Yeah. Okay. So I absolutely, I had honestly, genuinely a, a 180 experience this time around. I, as I said, like, you know, I was medicated as a child and felt unheard and validated all of that. And 
Um, I went back on medication and I don't, I couldn't tell you exactly why, but it was night and day different. You know, I would tell them about, um, my issues. I started off the conversation with, look, I had such a bad experience. This is not what I want. And they immediately were like, okay, we're not going to do that. We're going to, you know, make sure that we focus on something that's not going to give you those side effects. Um, I think I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I can't remember. I think I got put on Ritalin this time. Um, and apparently one of the big difference, I think I did. And so don't quote me on that, but, um, they said like one of the big difference is Adderall is typically like a 12 hour, um, stimulant while Ritalin is eight. And as I said, one of the things I suffered from was not being able to go to sleep and every step of the way they were like, are you having these negative side effects? How are you experiencing the side effects? How are you doing this? And it was, I felt like just a lot more seen and heard and absolutely a way better experience to where now I feel more comfortable and confident reaching out if I need to. Um, and not only that, but I had medication that worked for me versus just being forced over and over again to try Adderall when it just didn't work. Okay. Well, that's good. Yes. So thank you very much for answering all of my questions and being on the show today. I know this uh, has been a long time coming for both yes. of us. Um, so it was amazing. Thank you, Tiffany, for being on the show. Happy mental health awareness, everybody. It's Katie with Not Your Mama's Mental Health. I love you and have a great day.